welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI. If you're listening to this, it means you are a patron. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And always remember, I'm always open, even if I don't answer right away, I'm always open to suggestions and, well, any kind of feedback, any of your questions. I'm here for you. It doesn't matter what level you're on. Of course, one of the benefits, one of the perks of being a patron is that you have unlimited access to me. Like, if you want to ask me a million questions, you can do that. Don't, but you can. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You can do it. That's what I'm here for, guys. Anything I can do to clear up anything for you, I'd be more than happy. And those of you who are star students or superstar students and you want to see what one of our classes is like, one of our weekly review classes, let me know and I'll try and get you into one of the classes. But be forewarned, prevenido. These students are called super duper students and interstellar students for a reason. They are that good. All right, so let's get back into Lady Liberty. As you guys can tell, I'm really into this topic, and it's something that is just very personal uh, to me, having an immigrant family. Uh, My family, as you guys know, came from Spain, from the south of Spain, and my mother's family came from Italy. Uh, My grandfather, Naples, and my grandmother, Sicily. So for us, Uh, It's just, you know, a part of our family as well. They all came in through that harbor. They all came in looking at that face. That face that is supposedly Bartoldi's mother's face. But not so fast. There is a historian named Elizabeth Mitchell who did extensive research on this subject and she saw photos of Bartholdi's mom and she said quite clearly in the vernacular, I'm not buying it, no lo creo. Elizabeth Mitchell claims that it's really Bartholdi's brother's face. And you guys, as I said, you can be the judge. Take a look. You can see articles written about it or just Google Elizabeth Mitchell historian. And it says it has to do with the the brows, the eyebrows, las cejas. If you look at his brother's eyebrows and the mother's, it's clear which one it is. And many people said that since his brother was ill, his brother was institutionalized. He had some mental illness. So he spent a lot of time with his brother, and he was obviously able to study his face very closely. So I don't know. We can't ask Bartholdi. And if even if we did, maybe he wouldn't tell us the truth. But according to Elizabeth Mitchell, it's not his mom's face. It's his brother's face. So liar, liar, pants on fire. Como decimos cuando somos chavales. I don't know if it's true, but it makes for a good story. Now, I also told you guys that it used to be a lighthouse. Well, it kind of makes sense. We said it's a beacon, right? A symbol, a beacon. But... Why was it short-lived? Why was it only a lighthouse from 1886 to 1902, a total of 16 years? Well, this is ironic. It's because America's brightest symbol wasn't bright enough. 
That's right. She wasn't. Her torch, that light that the torch had, was not bright enough to warn incoming ships. So her her duties as a lighthouse lasted only 16 years. In fact, when she first opened and at the inauguration and they turned on her torch, many people said that it was underwhelming. And something overwhelming is abrumador, que te deja wow! But something that is underwhelming is, well, you expected more, esperabas más. So that's an interesting thing. I guess as a statue, as a statue that you can go in and, and walk around, it's a modern marvel. But she didn't make a good lighthouse. Well, that's okay because we love Lady Liberty Just the way she is. (laughs) Tal como es. Just the way you are. Es una canción muy bonita. Now, remember, too, it's not the only Statue of Liberty. Except no imitations. It's the real one. But it's not the only one. There are many popular ones that are also tourist attractions. There's one in Las Vegas, for example. There's also an Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas. Of course, it's smaller than the original. Uh, The interesting thing, the original model for the Statue of Liberty is located in the Luxembourg Gardens in Paris. Beautiful gardens. I remember going there the first time and just falling in love with Paris in the Luxembourg Gardens. And I remember seeing and I said, wow, that's cool. They have their own Statue of Liberty. What I didn't realize is I was seeing a piece of history. I was seeing the actual model. And for those of you who live in Spain, well, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. France is right around the corner. But there's no comparison to the original Lady Liberty. There are a couple different ones in Paris. There's one near where Lady Di, that tunnel where Lady Di, Princess Diana's car crashed. I remember seeing it. There's one with a torch. So they got a lot of different references to the Statue of Liberty in Paris and all around the world. It's also been destroyed time and time again, in films such as Independence Day, The Day After Tomorrow. So let me tell you a little bit about my experiences with Lady Liberty. Now, firstly, I've seen her all my life, so I don't remember a time without Lady Liberty being a part of the New York City skyline. I mean, she's off in the distance. It's almost as if she's protecting New York. She's got her eye on it. Está vigilando la ciudad to make sure that everybody's okay. And she told me once that everything was going to be okay. What? Alberto, are you high? ¿Estás colocado? What do you mean she told you? It's an inanimate object. It's a statue. They don't talk. Well, this one does with her facial expressions. I remember one day we were visiting Liberty Island. Now, as a New Yorker, you never do that. But when family comes from out of town, well, it's the perfect excuse to do something touristy. And I remember going to the Statue of Liberty with my family. It was uh, my cousins, my uncle, and we had a little picnic at her feet. And it was really a beautiful day. As I said, the view of lower Manhattan is breathtaking. And I remember I had to go back to work. So as I said before, it's only accessible by ferry. So I got on the ferry and I didn't think much of it. I just going back to Manhattan. I got to get on the subway. Got to go to work. Got to clock in, fichar. And then I looked up 
And I looked up at the Statue of Liberty as the boat pulled away from the dock, el muelle. You guys know that word from sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah, very famous one, bay siendo bahia. And I looked up at her face. And I don't know, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't something I planned. It was just a natural thing. I guess I was just looking over the side of the boat. And when I looked at her face, for one moment, I felt like I was in my ancestors' shoes. I felt like I was in their skin, like I was, was living what they lived. I was, you know, here in New York City trying to make a better life for myself, trying to be successful. And I was on a boat and, you know, coming into the harbor and I looked up and she looked back at me and she said, it's going to be okay. And then I realized how many people had that same experience, including family members of mine coming in after a long trip crossing the Atlantic. Many people were coming here not because they wanted to, but because they were oppressed, because these people didn't have another choice. No tenían otra elección. So they had to make it work. And when they came into the harbor, they were greeted by the Verrazano Bridge. Sure, you got to go through that protected harbor. That's one of the great things about why New York City is so strategic. We'll see you coming from a mile away, and you'll be toast. <laughs> te vemos venir de lejos y te liquidamos. <laughs> Before you get near the city, you'll be annihilated. <laughs> It's strategic. Think about that. Most cities are on rivers and, well, for those reasons, either for war or for commerce. So New York is no exception. So once you get past a few bridges and you get, you know, out of the Atlantic and into New York Harbor, all of a sudden you see this face. And it's not a smile. Nope. It's a look of assurance. It's a look of, I know, and it's going to be okay. And that I'm telling you now, I have goosebumps. Tengo la piel de gallina. We say the ganso goosebumps. And I just remember being such, it was such a moment in, in my life where I felt for one moment, I, I really identified with my ancestors. And as you guys know, as many of you are from Spain, uh, you got to know your roots. You need to know where you come from. It's so important. And that just brought me a little bit closer. Now, another time I went there was with my mom. My mom was a teacher. She was a Spanish teacher, which is funny. I'm an English teacher. She was a Spanish teacher at the time. Now she's a social worker, trabajadora social. But she was a Spanish teacher. So uh, there was a class trip. A class trip is estos viajes de, de clase. So everybody got their permission slips. The permission slip is la hoja que tienen que firmar tus padres. Well, they got them signed firmados and well we were off ahí vamos to the Statue of Liberty and it was my first time and I, I would say maybe I was about uh, let's say eight or nine years old I remember being interested in girls <laughs> I remember my mom's students being cute and they were older than me so I was interested in older women already <laughs> uh, so I would say I was uh, seven seven to ten somewhere in there wow <laughs> seven to ten years old and I remember we went, and just when you get there and you look up, it's dizzying. It's mareante, how tall she is. And remember, put it in context, right across, <laughs> right across the bay, you've got some of the tallest buildings in the free world. 
So all good up to this point, you know, I was like, okay, I'm here with pretty girls. Uh, I'm not in class. I'm like a special guest because I'm the teacher's son. So I even get special treatment. This is going to be great. And then we got inside and we took an elevator to the top of the pedestal. Okay, so far, so good. No big deal. What I did not know is that you have to take a spiral staircase. Spiral is de espiral. And this is not just any ordinary spiral staircase. It's extremely narrow. I think you say estrecho in Spanish. It's extremely narrow. And I forgot to tell you guys a key factor here in this story. I suffer from, padezco de, claustrophobia. I don't like small spaces. And I had to climb. Remember that B is silent. Es una B muda. I had to climb 354 stairs to get to the crown. Because remember, you can't go to the torch. But to get to the crown, 354 stairs, narrow stairs. I didn't walk up the stairs. I crawled up the stairs. To crawl is gatear. Another thing that is a must if you go to New York City, and especially if you go to the Statue of Liberty, because it's part of the same national park, is Ellis Island. And Ellis Island, okay, if the Statue of Liberty was the guardian at the gate, well, the gate was Ellis Island. That's where everybody from every nationality, every walk of life came into New York and thus the United States. It was the gateway. And now this place is a museum. It's a place where you can go and celebrate the diversity, the amount of people that came through those gates in search of a better life, in search of the American dream. And Lady Liberty was there to say, you can do it. I'm here for you. You can do this. I think they sell tours where you can go to both in the same day. So you get like an Ellis Island Statue of Liberty tour. And again, one of the funnest parts is getting on the ferry, getting on the boat and being in New York Harbor. Get your cameras ready. You're going to want to snap some pictures. And another experience I had there, which I wasn't on Liberty Island, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers were. What? Well, uh, they had a concert in New York City where the Red Hot Chili Peppers played. You might be able to find some of it on YouTube. The Red Hot Chili Peppers played at the Statue of Liberty. And they sold tickets, but they didn't sell tickets to go to the island. I guess that was for security reasons, I imagine. But they sold tickets to be on a ferry. So they filled up all these ferries. I think there was like three or four ferries full of young people drinking, smoking joints, fumando porros. I mean, it was pretty nuts. And what they did is they brought the ferries out around the Statue of Liberty and we got to watch the Red Hot Chili Peppers play with the Statue of Liberty behind her. Now, I have to say, I got a bit seasick. Seasick is cuando nos mareamos en un barco. Si es en un avión, we say airsick. So, you know, the up and down movement, the rocking of the boat, even though it was a big ferry, I think it was because the music, everybody was on. So it's funny, <laughs> use it in that double sense. The boat was rocking, because because everybody on the boat was rocking and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were rocking. 
So you can imagine that. You know, what, what band uh, exemplifies the United States more than the Red Hot Chili Peppers? You know, Californication, Virginia. They, they mention so many states. They're spokespeople for the United States. And then when they played there in front of Lady Liberty at her feet, a sus pies, that was probably one of the coolest memories ever. And I remember one crazy dude, I guess he was inebriated, I guess he was drunk, hammered, otra forma de decir, muy borracho, and he jumped off the ferry into the water. Now, I don't know what the Manzanares River, I don't know how dirty or polluted that water is, but you do not, I will repeat, do not, capital N-O-T, want to go in the Hudson or the East River. These are the two rivers that are going around the island of Manhattan. Trust me, uh, well, A, there's a really strong current, una corriente muy fuerte, and I don't want to know what lies at the bottom. Let's put it this way. There's a lot of mafia presence in New York, and they got to make their problems disappear, if you know what I'm saying. There's even a funny mafia expression, make them swim with the fish. <laughs> que nada con los peces. Or the, the, the classic cement shoes, los zapatos de hormigón. Now let's talk about some of the symbolism. I said that the number seven goes uh, deep. It's muy profundo. You'll see it a lot of times in the Statue of Liberty. And the number seven is a very popular number anyway. Think about it. Seven oceans, seven continents, the seven deadly sins, the seven dwarfs, Snow White, claro. Blancanieves. Also in the Bible, God rested on the seventh day, el séptimo día. Uh, it's a seven-day week. You see, seven is a key number. Well, the Statue of Liberty's crown has seven spikes. So there's the first seven reference. We already said as well that the height, when we look at the height in feet, is 151 feet. Again, one plus five plus one equals seven. Yeah, but that could be a coincidence, perhaps, right? Well, no. Then when you think about the fact that there are 25 windows in the crown, then add up those two numbers. Two plus five, oop, there's seven again. And seven is just one of the symbols that you see. Now, there's a, there's a whole conspiracy kind. There are a bunch of conspiracy theories around this. And some people are saying that it's a Masonic symbol. That's right, a Masonic symbol. Because, well, there are several connections. We won't get into all of them. There are documentaries just on this. But Bartholdi, the designer, the, the builder, he was a Freemason. The torch with its fire, that's a symbol of knowledge in the sun. And fire is also the main symbol in masonry. Uh, also, the, the New York Committee uh, commemorates the pedestal, right? They commemorated the pedestal when it was being built. You know who else has a plaque there on the cornerstone? The Freemasons. 
So if you're into that, you know, symbolism, the Da Vinci Code kind of stuff, there's a lot of that symbolism just waiting to be discovered in the Statue of Liberty. Also, if you notice, she's wearing a robe like a judge, como un juez, you know, talking about justice. Uh, sandals, she's wearing sandals, and one of her feet is up, like she's stepping forward. And it's because she's got chains and shackles at her feet, right? Chains are cadenas, and shackles are things that, you know, they, they enslave you, they trap you. And she's breaking free and moving forward. And just to give you an idea of the sheer magnitude of those sandals that she wears, whereas llevar puesto, she wears a size 879 shoe. That's right. You want to Now I know you guys use a different size in Europe, but let me tell you what size shoe I wear. I wear a size 10. She wears a size 879. Yeah, those are some big feet. And I want to wrap up talking about her strength her resilience, her ability to withstand whatever you throw at her. And that is so true. I've never seen a statue that has taken so much. To take, in este caso, es aguantar. Sure, have you ever endured a, a, a winter in New York City? It's brutal. And she's over there standing way above all the rest of us with no buildings protecting her or nothing. She's exposed to the elements. She has survived world wars. She weathered tropical storm Sandy. We know to weather the storm. We looked at that in our last episode, Capear el Temporal. And she, I, I, I don't ever see her, uh, you know, bowing down, bajándose. She's going to continue to be a beacon of hope, a symbol of freedom, a symbol of strength. And I'll teach you this expression to wrap up. If there's one thing we can say about the Statue of Liberty, about Lady Liberty, she is tough as nails. Está durísima. I hope you enjoyed our little trip to Liberty Island, visiting Lady Liberty, the Statue of Liberty. Thank you so much for being here, folks, and we'll see you on next week's episode of FYI.